thrusters won't stop firing. I think I'm being followed. My dad is turning green, like literally green. My last nav check put me on the range point four. This is control. Be reasonable. Keep calm and remain on the guard frequency. Welcome pilots, you've tuned to the guard frequency because as all good pilots know, when you're out in the deep black, you want to keep one ear on the guard. This is episode 213 of the Best Damn Space Sim Podcast ever, recorded on Friday, May 11th, and made available for download on Tuesday, May 15th, 2018, over at guardfrequency.com. I'm Jeff. I'm Genjato. And I'm Tony. And tonight, Henry's going to stream on, stream on, and stream until his dreams come true. Right on through the intro shtick. Right, Jeff? Right. Remember, folks, Guard Frequency is not a one-way conversation. We welcome your comments over at GuardFrequency.com and Discord.GuardFrequency.com. You can also reach us on Twitter, at GuardFreak, or Facebook.com slash GuardFreak. Your feedback is an important part of what we do, so hit us up and tell us what's on your mind. If you like what you hear, you can subscribe to our shows at feeds.guardfrequency.com or by searching for us on iTunes. And if you're not doing anything Friday nights, you should come join us at 10.30 p.m. Central as we record Guard Frequency live over at twitch.tv forward slash guardfreak. Do you like what we do? Want to help us make the best damn space M podcast ever? Please consider supporting the show by visiting our website, clicking on the Patreon logo, and becoming a regular subscriber. We want to thank all our Patreons who support us week on week. We hope you'll consider joining them because the more support we can get, the better show we can make. Just head over to our website and click on that big flashing Patreon logo to help out. And don't forget about our sister productions, Priority One and Heroes Rise. Priority One covers all things Star Trek from the TV series, the MMO, the novels, the movies, and everything in between. Be sure to check them out at Priority1Podcast.com. And Heroes Rise brings you up to date with the world of Dungeons and Dragons. Learn all about the latest publications, tools, tips, tricks, and traps in less time than it takes to skin a wyvern. Head over to HeroesRisePodcast.com to discover their secrets. And the housekeeping's done, so let's get to the show. What do we got in store this week, Jeff? In this week's flight deck, we bring you all the headlines from simulated space, including the latest news from Dual Universe. Elite Dangerous, and Star Citizen. Next, we'll get the news from the Deep Black with Spencer McDonn on Galactic Public Radio. Then Commander Kinetic Impulsor gives you some advice about getting around your neighborhood in Nuggets for Nuggets. After that, we continue our audio adventure, Guard Frequency Origins, as our pilots finally figured out how to open a truck door. And finally, we open up the feedback loop and let you join in on the fun. Lace up your booties, campers. It's time to head out to the flight deck. Here's the top news bits from the world of space sims. Dual Universe gets a little positive press from its demo release via ShackNews.com. You know, ShackNews. Elite Dangerous released the specs of the basic squadron system and had a live stream to clarify and expand upon it. Stand by for additional theory crafting. And Star Citizen talks service beacons and dealing with their sh- uh, defecation issues. So we'll, we'll, we'll just go backwards. Uh, I, it was brought to my attention that uh, Star Citizen's headquarters recently took delivery of 100 squatty potties. Yeah, it's it's quite a few. It, uh, it was, was an impressive was... one. Not only were they using them to facilitate their bathrooms, but they were there have been multiple photos where they have put them on their shoulders and made armor out of them and battled. So uh, nice. 
Nice, nice. Now, are, I, these, I, I, are these the ones that are on the internet where they yeah. with unicorns and rainbows? Yes, yes it is. Oh. And, if you, and, it, and if you don't own one, they are actually quite nice to use. My wife is a big fan, so all of our toilets in this house have, have squatty potties. I bought one of those as a Christmas party joke. My family does a, a Dirty Santa sort of white elephant gift every year. Uh, just you know, we, we get we get twenty or thirty people in the room and uh, unwrap all the presents. Mine was like the second or third funniest uh, one with the squatty potty. My sister won it. She put it on her toilet and then sw- and now she swears by it. Yeah, it was, I bought it as a Christmas joke thing, and she now just loves the thing. So, if nothing else, uh, the efficiency of the game should improve as all of the CIG's employees will be spending less time in the bathroom. So. So I think that that's a good thing. It's positive. Unless they enjoy the squatty potty so much that they can't pull themselves away from the bathroom long enough to that's make the, the game. Thing. That could happen, man. It you never know. It makes things go faster. So Yeah. Yeah, that's the, the, that's the thing about the squatty potty is that the, its main selling point is that you're in and out. Like, you're, you're <laughs> one and done. You are one and done, my friend. Uh, or I guess number two and done. You're, you're, you're two and done. That's the kind of thing. Now, from my understanding, the, they got these because now because that's two thousand dollars worth of squatty potties. Yeah, yeah. The guy that gave them it seems like he works there or does has some sort of marketing them. connection with them or something like that. Yeah, so, yeah. yeah. This is yeah. So I don't think he paid for all those, or at, at, at best, he probably he probably paid a retail uh, sorry cost yeah. wholesale yeah at cost or something like that. It's, you know, it's it's not they're not much. They're like you know four dollars worth of plastic. You know, uh, injection molded <laughs> plastic. Probably less than that. Yeah. Probably less, <laughs> but but I mean it's it's uh, to to those who subscribe to its use and uh, and it changes it changes your life. It, it can be actually replaced by a couple of blocks of wood as well. It's not a very complicated <laughs> mechanism, but it is, it is for what it's worth. It is. As you were saying, they are using it for armor. It does have that nice sort of cutout carve where you can put it underneath the toilet and sort of slide it out of out of. Out yeah, of light, and I so. do recommend that if you're going to use them as armor, you use them as armor before you put them on your toilet. Uh, this, it, just basic hygiene. I think you're yes, right. Basic <laughs> hygiene, or just cover the whole thing in bleach after a while. Yeah, yeah. So, so the other thing was the service beacons, uh, which not are really nearly cool. as interesting as Squatty Potty, but okay, let's move on. <laughs> there, so there's already service beacons in Star Citizen. What a service beacon is, is it's a way for players to give other players jobs. And so in, in existing Star Citizen, you can say, hey, come defend me from these pirates in your mobile ass. And then if somebody comes and does that, you can give them money. And um, they went on about how in 3.2, the next patch, which is in our quarterly basis, this is like the, the July patch they're releasing, the, the, the service beacons are expanding and there's a whole bunch of them. And then they talked about what they could potentially add on. So they talked to it from everything from like the current stuff where escort me or protect me or, uh, you know, fly with me kind of missions to here, I'm going to give you some trade goods and it's a trade mission. You just need to go pick them up and deliver them for me, and then I'll give you a cut. You don't have to buy the stuff when you pick it up. So uh, there was a bunch of other ones that they listed in there in reverse the verse and uh, a couple in the, in the, the system. But it, it sounds like a really good way for them to prototype out a lot of you know player-generated missions before they, uh, they fill the universe with them. I mean, the, the universe right now has has some quest lines and things like that. But uh, the idea they've been, they've always talked about player generated content in the game, but this is a, a way of getting it in sooner um, rather than whatever way was originally involved, uh, envisioned. And so this makes this this feature kind of a an integral part of the game going forward. So is the idea that they're going to use the 
player-generated missions as templates for the ones that will eventually be server-generated, persistent so universe-generated? The service beacon system is basically in the same menus as the normal missions that you would get. And so uh, whether they get ideas from people doing these, I don't know, but they look almost like normal game-generated missions. So, I, I mean, I guess my question is more of a chicken and egg type thing. Is it going to be that they're just working on this system first and the same sort of structure and, and code is going to be what's going to run the the procedurally generated missions? Or is this like, there's these missions that you run for people and we're going to have a different set of missions that you run for the talking heads in the universe. Yeah, they didn't they didn't make it quite clear on that point, but they did say that the service beacons, well, how do I say that? The service beacons are done through the same menu as, as normal missions. So I think the idea is that eventually you have NPC-generated service beacons as well. And so they, ah, they okay. would be. Now, there is a bit of a difference in that, like the, the quest line stuff, you know, it's got more to it. And so right. I think yeah. I, I think those things will always kind of be a bit different. But okay. you, may be, you may be in the game and get service beacons generated by NPCs and by PCs and not be able to distinguish the two, which was kind of the whole goal of Star Citizen anyway. I see. Okay, all right. So there's going to be the quest lines, which are probably going to be a little more handy, handcrafted, you know, artisanal, let's say. Yes. Uh, and then and then there'll be the sort of the the service beacons, which will probably be a little more routine, repetitive, procedurally generated. You, yeah, as a, they'll, as they'll a player, fall into like a quest them. type and you'll go, yeah, oh, that's a yeah. trade service beacon. I know what that means. Or that's a yeah. protect me service beacon. I know what that means, right? And yeah. a lot of them will have ratings. So when somebody does something, you can rate them yes or no on. And you'll be able to say, okay, I only want to have five star people be able to service my my request, you know, and et cetera, It's et cetera. like Uber, but for space. Yes. It's space Uber. Space Uber. Okay. Space Task Rabbit. That's great. Okay. All right. All right. Well, uh, let's let's jump back actually real quick to Dual Universe. I just wanted to uh, keep people updated on that. They had a recent update, uh, an alpha test, and a online journalist uh, went out there and uh, played it and had some pretty uh, positive thoughts about it. And so they uh, they had a little article. We'll put the article in the show notes. Some interesting features include sanctuary moons that eliminate PvP. They have a land claiming mechanic as well that's supposed to keep griefing under control. And apparently there's an ability to uh, script actions, like for opening doors, moving platforms, and moving structures. So you'll be able to move and do things as, as, a, as a repetitive sort of macro, it looks like. So that'll be interesting for building large structures and for uh, doing things cooperatively or competitively. So um, head over to the, uh, the, the shacknews.com, first time I visited that website. But they had a nice little wrap-up, and it uh, looks like they're continuing coverage, so they've got some articles uh, in the hopper, too. Shack News is like an old old website. Are they? Uh, yeah. Yeah, this I've, is this is like old school. They used to do like only quick three news, I think, like way back in the day. Oh, uh, so, okay. You know, it's one of those it's one of those websites that kind of morphed in the turn of the millennium. The demo video looks pretty cool. I didn't get a chance to watch it in advance, but I just I just flipped through it, and uh, looks like they're coming quite a bit further along than they were. Um, yeah, yeah. It's still like one planet, though, right? So well, yeah. They, I mean, they're gonna have again. It's the they're gonna have the ability to go to other planets, and I think that their sanctuary moon thing is a little farther along. But you have to build the tech to get off the planet. I mean, that's the thing is you start mm -hmm. with nothing, and you have to be able to to build the tech to get to other places. So, yeah, it's it's uh, like it's 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 kind of a different concept than 
some of the other games that we usually cover, but uh, it's close enough, I think, to count as a space sim, because your idea, your objective is to get to space. Ish. So, we'll cover it anyway. It, look, it's, it looks pretty cool. So, I, I, now that all that other pesky stuff's out of the way, let's get to the theory crafting. Oh, wait, oh, wait. Joe wait theory crafting, or, or are we going to talk about uh, uh, squadrons and that stuff? And, and well, we'll talk about what they plan to do, and we'll tell them why they're wrong. Well, I have a request, because I'm reading, sure. through, this li- I'm reading through this list, and I'm thinking, you know what? Only Sean could explain this to me. <laughs> no, 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 we're not nearly bureaucratic enough for Sean's talents on this one here. No, it's it's uh, actually, I'll tell you what, If we'll get to this here in a second, but if they implement the feature that I've requested, that, that'll definitely call for a Sean voice. Okay. That'll definitely call for a Sean treatment. We'll, and we'll, I'll explain that here in just a bit. Uh, but anyway, so they've released their sort of bullet point blueprint for what they have in mind for the basic squadron structure. And they had a live stream that answered some of the questions that they got on the forums. They took some questions from the chat room and sort of elaborated on some things. What I'd like to do is I'd like to highlight a couple of their features that they've announced, and then we'll kind of go down through the bullet points. So their design goal here is basically to enable an in-game communication system to help players do stuff that's already there. So you're already playing the background sim, you're already doing community goals, you're already hunting Thargoids, you're already doing bounty hunting. They want the squadron system to not so much be a new kind of gameplay as to enhance your ability to do the other things that are already there. So that that's how they view the basic squadron system. Now there will be the fleet carrier, but they on the live stream and on the design doc, they specifically said, we're getting to that but we want to make sure that this comm system and social organization and ranking thing works well first because that's something that everybody can use whether you want to have a carrier or not. So they want to make sure they get this part right first. So basically, uh, you can, uh, you'll have a separate user interface uh, screen for it accessible from your cockpit. You'll be able to call up the screen and start a squadron with one person, one pilot. There will be a fee for it. They don't know what that fee is going to be yet. Uh, but presumably affordable for one pilot to pay, then um, you'll be able to invite commanders into it, uh, into the squadron. They'll request an invite. You send them an invite. They accept the invite. You're in. Right now they've got um, three levels of membership. There's the leader that got started the squadron. Uh, He can appoint officers who are going to have certain powers, and then there'll be the rank and file sort of regular people underneath him. There'll be a search page. Uh, for squadrons that you can search for tags, which the squadron leader will decide, or squadron names, if you know who you want to join. There will be uh, some privileges uh, that the leader can assign, like invitations, kicking, plotting a jump for the fleet carrier, and setting projects to upgrade the carrier, and writing the message of the day, or the order of the day. Then there will be group comms, and a daily feed, which will have you know basically news events, and then uh, finally, as they said, as I said earlier, they're looking ahead to fleet carriers and also ways for the squadrons and the background uh, simulation factions to work together. Those are things that are sort of on their radar, but coming up. But that's the basics. That's the basics so far. And I wanted to open up to you guys uh, once you read the bullet points there to see if there's anything you guys wanted to talk about as far as their clarifications and well, explanations. Well, the, the only thing that comes to mind with their with their reputation system is how this is going to play across boundaries like that. Maybe there will be no impact. Maybe there will be a minimal impact. 
But uh, it just it, that was the only thing yeah. that came uh, re- rose up in my mind about it. They did say that they were looking into ways that maybe the notoriety system would impact the squadron as a whole, but they weren't sure how that was going to be managed. So I don't know if it's like if four members of your squadron have player kills in the last 24 hours, you get a notoriety point too, just from being in the same squadron as them. Yeah, and that, and that kind of you know concerns me. Right, but the caveat then would be that like the leaders, the leaders would then it would pop up on their screen like you know Commander Bob you know shot down Commander Susan, and you know and if, unless that was authorized, unless that's something the squadron likes, then it would be up to the leader to kick them, and maybe that would automatically make your notoriety go down if you kicked a guy. I mean, I don't know. They're talking about ways to maybe integrate that. Is the name reservation, is that like the minor faction stuff or? Yeah, I think that they're going to be, that was brought up a few times. The example everybody always uses is the fuel rats. You know, you don't want somebody naming their their squadron the fuel underscore rats or fuel rats with a Z, you know. So they're going to, I think that they're going to approach that on a case-by-case basis. If you've got a minor faction named, say, Guard Frequency Response, and you have a contact person, say, me, I would imagine, I would hope that they'll have some sort of system like, would you like to reserve the squadron name or something like that, where you can, they'll have that sort of pre-programmed in advance. Will the squadrons be able to, like, orient themselves with minor factions, or? That's in, that's in the to-be-determined sort of um, thing. And I think that their concern is that not every private faction is really necessarily going to want a squadron uh, because there are some that have cross-platform issues because that's another thing. The squadrons won't be cross-platform. They can't make that work. So they're going to have cross-platform things, and so they don't necessarily maybe want one squadron tied to their faction because that might exclude the other squadrons. Some squadrons don't want to have a a minor faction in the game. They just want to be a squadron. So... They're still working through those issues, but I imagine they'll have some sort of way where you can either officially or unofficially tie them together. I would hope so. I'm thinking that you would have to be able to select a minor faction to serve, whether you have to actually have one for yourself in game or not. I don't think it should have to be like we would have to be guard frequency in our squadron. We would choose that, but if we don't have a minor faction, we should be able to pick one. And I think we should be able to change loyalties uh, based on what the squad leader wants to do, too. You know, get us... uh, Yeah. uh, You know what I mean? Then we could have uh, people who don't have a minor faction could adopt one. And that would be interesting. I I think their main concern is the way to make it optional, yet still effective and fun. Right? You don't don't have to have a minor faction connected with with your squadron. But if you did... It would result in uh, a fun gameplay, which gave you, you know, enough uh, incentive to do it, so that it paid off. You know, I think I think that's where they're kind of coming in. Their remember their concept, their core concept design is that we don't want to give you more things to do in Elite Dangerous. We already think there's plenty there. We want to make the things you do more either like efficient or fun or um, or, or easier to get accomplished. They want to make it a, an enhancement to. The current gameplay, not a different kind of gameplay. Anybody see anything else that they saw in there? That might... Like I said, I need Sean to, to break this down for me. So I, oh, okay, well, so we'll we'll get to the thing that we'll, if that if there's nothing else, we'll go we'll go to the thing that uh, that Tony slash his alter ego Sean, uh, which is of course an homage to Kamal Nanjani's famous characters in Portlandia, um, is squadron security. Because uh, all of us have played a little Star Trek online, some of us more than others. Yeah. And we all remember <laughs> three, four years ago when fleets were getting stolen left and right. Yeah. Uh, you know, there, there'd be a lull in participation between updates or whatever. The content droughts, as those of us 
who were around back in the day, remember. Uh, so you, people would sort of log off and play other games for a while, and then they'd come back when a new update dropped, and they'd come back and find that their fleet had been stolen. Because the way that the Starbase and the Star and the fleet system worked in Star Trek Online is if your top-ranked person didn't log in for, I think it was 30 days, the system automatically demoted that guy to the next rank down and offered the job to the next highest rank in line. And that person could then adopt the fleet. And what would sometimes happen was that they would kick everybody out and all of a sudden have a star base and all the fleet resources all to themselves. So, and that caught, that was a lot of suck. That doesn't seem like it's in the spirit of uh, cooperative fleet no. play at all. Yeah, kind of <laughs> not. Kind of. It's it's almost like, I don't know, was it like ganking and griefing and stuff. But that, but that never happens in Elite, as we all know. As we all know, that's, a, that's the sort of thing that never happens in this game. But just in case it did. I recommended in the thread that they look at Star Trek Online's system, which basically you appoint three leaders, and those three leaders can demote another leader that goes on a cooldown. And during that cooldown, the other leader, the the one that wasn't involved in that stuff, can then undo the demotion. And as long as there's at least two leaders in the fleet, that means you can't kick everybody out. There's always one other person in the fleet. And so if somebody's trying to steal the fleet, there's always one person that's not being demoted and hasn't been kicked out that can reinvite everybody. And then once the other person that got demoted comes back to full rank, those two can join forces and kick the third guy out, the one that started all the shenanigans. So that's the, that's the gist of how it's supposed to work. I think it's been effective because the amount of complaining about fleet thefts in Star Trek Online essentially went to zero. Uh, it's up to the leader to adopt that triumvirate system. If you have a leader that says, screw you all, I'm the big boss, and I'm not going to appoint any other leaders, well, well, there you go. Having been a guild leader for many, many games, I can tell you that is exactly the type of system you want. You you never want, first of all, you never want to carry the burden alone, uh, mm-hmm. managing a, a guild or, or of any kind or, or a squadron of any kind. You know, you, you want to share those responsibilities and also the burden of carrying that. So, yeah, I like the three-headed snake um, kind of analogy. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, it, it can be a pain, it can be a pain in the butt, and I mean, eventually you put three people in a room for long enough, there's going to be a disagreement or a drama of some kind. But the practical upshot of it is, is that Frontier can say with a straight face, "That's an internal problem. You have people who are in charge of working those things out. Don't bother us." Well, that, <laughs> that's how Elliot and I became friends so many you know, eighteen years ago was because we were co-leaders of a uh, of a guild, you know, mm-hmm. and yeah. uh, uh, that was. You know, the beginning of a long friendship. Yeah. Well, 1,500 miles apart, you guys are, are buddies still. Yep. And, and and if you ever got mad at each other, you're 1,500 miles, 1500 apart, miles so apart, so you can't, like, get yeah. arrested yep. for, for, for trying to attack each other. That's great. So I, I think, very strongly, I think that that would be something they should put in. And if they do, I will appear on the show and put on the Sean voice to explain all of the little ins and outs, all the little triggers, the exceptions to the rule and all the things that happen, the forums you've got to fill out. Um, but but yeah, because it, it does it does get into the weeds a little bit, and I and whether they kind of adopt the cryptic model wholesale or add their own tweaks to it, which they probably will. They'll probably have their own um, tweaks to it depending on their design goals. But that's something that I highly recommend that they, that they put in because uh, nobody wants their carrier stolen. And 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 where I'm approaching it from this direction because Frontier customer service is superb. I mean, they are so good. They are they jump on player complaints. They jump on. 
I accidentally logged out in this thing and it, something disappeared or I hit the wrong button and lost my 100 million credit spaceship. Please, please, please give it back to me. They're so good about keeping things fun and not making people pay for stupid mistakes. Yeah, they've taken care of me a couple of times, too. Yeah. Well, once on something like that and once on changing my name. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So, I mean, they're so good, and this sort of thing is going to put them in the middle of a lot of player drama. If they have a system built in place where they can legitimately say, we gave you guys these tools at the beginning to avoid this, we're really sorry, but we don't want to have to choose customer A over customer B. Customer B is going to say, this is his side of the story. Customer A is going to say, it's this side of the story. We don't want to take a poll among all your fleet members. That just gets us in the middle. That would just get them in the middle of all kinds of crap. And how time-consuming would that be? I mean, that'd be crazy. Oh, yeah. Yeah, they'd have to hire two or three new people just to keep up with it. So, uh, again, strong endorsement for Star Trek Online's um, security system. I called it the um, uh, squadron leader anti-poaching system or the SLAP system. Squadron Ah. leader anti-poaching. So... The slap system. <laughs> you know, it's my favorite thing to do. Okay, so so I want I want a slap system, uh, and I think everybody should want a slap system too. And now that we're all caught up on space sim news, let's get caught up on space news with Galactic Public Radio. Good evening from Galactic Public Radio on NCETH. I'm Spencer McDunn, and these are the top headlines from around the known galaxy. Political aftershocks continue in the wake of Princess Aisling Duval's criticism of the response to the Thargoid invasion. For the latest, we go to Smooth Furnace in the Soul System. Thanks, Spencer. Confidence in the Galactic Superpower's response to the alien threat still appears to be shaken. The vast amounts of money spent by the Federation on naval reinforcement did not seem to be translating into battlefield victories. Many officials are worried that the major governments have been saddled with trillions of credits of obsolete war machinery. Speaking to reporters, Counselor Rasmus Tseng stated, quote, For months now, communities in the core system have been living in a state of fear, wondering which will be the next to be targeted. The Thargoids have been striking at starports in the region one by one, and nobody is able to stop them. Why are the powers doing so little? Where are our defenses and our fleets? Surely the core systems cannot be so vulnerable. End quote. Admiral Aidan Tanner, chief military liaison for ages, released a brief statement in response, stating, quote, This is not a full-scale invasion, and it does not warrant large fleet movements of the kind that have been suggested. End quote. Military commentators have interpreted this statement to mean that progress in preventing the wholesale shutdown of capital-class ships by the Thargoid EMP weapon has been disappointing. Further evidence for this conclusion was Admiral Tanner's strong praise of the contributions of independent pilots. Thanks to their efforts, he said, quote, Rest assured, the enemy is contained. There is no need for panic. End quote. Are humanity's defenses neither too hot nor too cold? Or is the current just-right response merely a cover for the fact that no one has a better plan? From Mars Orbit in the Soul System, I'm Smooth Furnace. Thanks, Smooth. Imperial authorities have announced the construction of a new specialized penal facility in the Veracliss system. The Riker-class prison ship will hold Imperial slaves that accepted a period of servitude instead of a jail sentence. However, some of these criminals do not conform to the diversions program's strict guidelines during their service. 
The new prison ship will hold those deemed by imperial authorities to be, quote, too dangerous or unstable for such corrective punishment, end quote. The Moritagas Imperial Corporation, based in Valclair Vision in the Vor class system, has placed an open order for imperial slaves and non-lethal weapons, as well as enhancing bounty payouts to ensure security. Supporters of Imperial Princess Aisling Duval view this latest private prison initiative as further proof of the corruption and conflicts of interest inherent in legalized slavery. When asked for comment on these charges, Maury Tazgis, Imperial Corporation Superintendent Arnold Cochran, released the following statement, quote, We are pleased the Empire has awarded us this contract, and we look forward to the first ships arriving with our new guests, end quote. Finally, in local news, Starport management may be changing over in the coming days. In less than two weeks after beginning operations in the ANSI system, Guard Frequency Response Limited has won enough support among the system's Starport residents and pilots to force a call for elections. When asked for comment, GFR's Executive Director, Teresa Vallis, stated, quote, Naturally, we are grateful to the commanders and citizens of ANSEETH for their work in calling for these elections. However, I believe our early success only serves to highlight the futility of current administration's hands-off approach to starport management, end quote. At press time, GFR is enjoying a comfortable double-digit lead in the polls. For Galactic Public Radio, I'm Spencer McDunn. Good night. As you are pilots, I'm Commander Kinetic Impulsor from Guard Frequency Response, here with the essential tips to get you around the deep black and back home again. Today I'm briefing you on navigation concepts in Elite Dangerous. We noticed some of your rooks having issues with this and scheduled some training. Navigating around the deep black is easy to learn and hard to master, but it can be the difference between your future as an ugly bag of mostly water and a nutritional supplement for space pumpkins. You probably noticed an upgrade to your Pilots Federation approved spaceship holographic overlay experience a few months ago. Uh, not the main instrument panel. Heavens no. That would violate so many copyright treaties and license agreements that my, my head is spinning just considering it. I mean, you can't even change the shade of orange generated by the cockpit panel without getting into the code base. No, no, no. Now, there was a navigation upgrade that greatly improved the usability of the galactic map interface. I'm going to run through a few of the more useful changes and highlight one feature that's a holdover, but absolutely critical. If you made it this far into the deep black, you know the basics of navigating the cold and heartless vacuum that I like to call my office. Open the left panel, switch over to the galaxy map, hit the input tab, type in your destination system, tap the plotter button, and away you go. Well, it's not exactly as easy as second start to the right, it is fairly straightforward once you get the hang of it. But you could be doing so much more. And most of that doing is buried in the mapping tab in a drop-down menu. In this magical menu, there are a number of filters that will screen out the noise of the cosmos and let you focus on the destination stars that are important to you. There are an even dozen different filters, but I'm only going to cover three. The big three, in my opinion. And you all can take it from there. First, let's talk about the services item. 
Selecting this system will screen out all the stars in the galaxy until you select one of the seven specialty services listed there. Two flavors of technology brokers for you Xeno miscreants, three flavors of material trader for you engineering hot rodders, black markets for you criminal ne'er-do-wells, and interstellar factors for you um, pilots who are always just minding your own business. Yeah, hey, hey, we've all been there. You're shooting a legit wanted target when the local cop just wanders into your firing solution. Yeah, yeah, I know, I know. Take special note of the services item for that reason alone. Second, the trade data item hooks in with the new feature of the commodity broker interface of the Starport menu. If you choose the trade data item, you can see the flow of trade of commodity categories between local systems and whether it's commanders or commercial services doing the trading. And if you've ever landed at those systems before, your holographic overlay experience will be able to reference your prior landing clearance and download current commodity prices. Now, this is where it gets tricky. You tap on the galactic average column header on the commodity trader, not the map, and select the option to choose price information via the galaxy map. This is how you get to the map. Now, you can make your trading decisions with up-to-the-minute information instead of relying on the sometimes stale info from third-party data sites. Third, and this is the big one, the star class item will help everyone, trader, explorer, and combat pilot alike. For the traders, you can filter out the cold, dead husks from your window shopping of trade routes. For the explorers, you'll be able to isolate neutron and white dwarf stars for long-range jumps. For combat pilots, well, war happens more or less anywhere, but here's the part everyone should know about. Fuel scoopable stars. Class O, B, A, F, G, K, or M. The mnemonic I learned back in the day was, oh, be a fine girl, kiss me. But once issues surrounding gender identity, consent, office dating policies, and discrimination against artificial facial feature implants were fully litigated, uh, there was a new standard. The new standard mnemonic is usually given as KGB foam, which, in addition to no longer ordering the star classes in decreasing temperature order, is also apparently named after a 20th century Earth totalitarian secret police organization. So now no one will possibly be offended at all. In any event, select those seven star classes from the menu and click the option at the very bottom called Apply Filter to Route. This little bit of preparation, combined with remembering to purchase and actually equip a fuel scoop, will prevent you from having to call the fuel rats and embarrassing yourself and disgracing your family unto the seventh generation. Just kidding about that last part. Those guys are cool. Call them if you need them. Uh, but they will lecture you about star classes. Guaranteed. All right, get that out of your mouth and change into your flight suits. Skids up in 10. See you in the deep black. Come on, mama's not going to save you today. Let's go. You want to fly or not? Let's kick the tires and light the fires, big daddy. Open the door, you process the, the seal to it. You have to override it because it senses that it's not in a pressurized environment. Are you sure you want to depressurize it? To the side. They're dead. They're not going to care. So you go ahead and open the door. You, you get a blast of air, but you're standing off to the side. So no no harm, no foul for you. Uh, and you now have access to the cab. Okay. I'm going to... So shiv, 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 shiv open the door. So I'm going to... Is the cab like a big compartment, or should I? Try yeah, the, is it makes more sense for me. It's, to it's like a big passenger side. Uh, you can do either way. It's like a, you know, it's like a big truck cab. That's that's what it is. Right. It's a big truck I'll, cab. I'll search the passenger. You search the driver. Red. All right, I search. All right, 
The driver and the passenger both, uh, as you go through their pockets, have empty and full packets of the blue stabilizer stuff uh, on them. I, I so, try and I document it with my thing. Drug and drive, okay. kids. Good advice at all times. Uh, and who was, let's see, who was searching? I got the driver. I'm on His the name bus. is Adam. <laughs> well, it doesn't say. Hmm. Shiv. This is, we're going to make this fair. Uh, Shiv, the driver, uh, was carrying a Hyperion laser pistol. Ooh. It's fancy. fancy. It's nice. Clev's yeah. going to love this. As a laser pistol, pistol aficionado. I, I'm a, not a laser pistol. You're not? You like kinetics? Yeah, that's right. You got the submachine gun. All right. But you recognize it, and it's cool, and it's that's fancy. I said Clev's going to love this. <laughs> All right. What's it called? I'll just so, put the name down. I'm not going to worry about the stats. Hyperion laser pistol. Actually, I'll give you the. I, I will but give you the stats. So. Which yeah, later. I'm I'll just going to give it to Clev later anyway. Right so. Was Was it Shiv that or, got the gun last time too? No, it was uh, Ken Shadow. Ken Shadow the got the fancy the pistol. gun. Yeah, I have okay. the fancy gun from the last one. There were other guns, though, I think. Yeah. I was specifically talking um, about the fancy one, so. So you answered my question. Yes, fancy. Fancy. Mm. It's got like filigree and silverware. Mm. And it was pink too, as I recall, wasn't uh, yes, it? Yes, absolutely. Hot pink. Yeah. Hot, Hot pink. pink. That's right. Hot pink. Hot pink. And this is a good book. That it's ancient, but it's a classic, so I've read it. <laughs> yes, it's, the gun the gun has spikes all over it. It's from, from, from right. the book. Anyway. So they both got they both got a blue stabilizer on them, some used, some some unused, um, and uh, the nice laser pistol. As you finish going through it, you don't find anything. Uh, you find, uh, like, they're not ID cards, but they appear to be just, uh, like, similar to the magnetic cards that uh, you might, that uh, those of you from the first adventure use to gain access to um, the customs area to, to get uh, to get to the cutter, to the Imperial Cutter. Just blank white cards with what looks like a magnetic encoded stripe on the back. They each have one. Score. So these guys are guard right. frequency, too, then. <laughs> Clearly. I, well, I, I tell the people still in their car. We got we got two good guys with drugs and access cards. I don't know how we're still in the car. I think the initiative order got abandoned because we rolled the thing over and then instantly you guys were in the car looting. And uh, Adira and I were just kind of like still in the car like, hey, they you got the guns. You said you got That's out. True. Nobody asked us. Yeah, it just got, we got skipped I, through. I, I, basically, I'm just, I'm just kind of, I'm going, proceeding under the assumption that uh, Ale and Adir are just laughing as these guys like tumble over themselves, trying to be the first one to the cab of the truck. And, and we both took and damage to get this stuff. That's right. They've taken damage <laughs> to get, they, they've set blood and blood and sweat and tears <laughs> have gone into <laughs> <laughs> Hey man, I don't want to know what you guys are doing in the cab. We're in, the, we're in our cars waiting. <laughs> and the warmth and safety and of your little scare bubbles. <laughs> and scanning the horizons for the people that you know saw or yep. saw something. They didn't necessarily see you, but they saw something. Is there a way uh, I can like, scan this card or like figure out what's um, other than just guess? You don't have a reader. Okay. Uh, but, but I mean, you've seen... And even recently, you've seen what the access card looked like for the for the customs yeah, thing. I, I, like. I kind of get what it is, but I just wanted to yeah. see if there's anything else I can get out of it. No, it's again. If you were if roll a streetwise, give me a streetwise. Hey, I've seen these. Uh, That's a natural gonna, one again. Spend, if you, you no, no, feel no, free no. to spend a card. No, okay. Okay, Shiv's with you, and he has one of these cards, too. Okay, so so you know you've seen these two, and you've worked for major corporations before. 
normally what would happen is they'd put a picture and your name and your position and, you know, what building you work at and your blood type. And one, the side that doesn't have the magnetic stripe has a whole bunch of human readable things that tells you what it's for. This one is intentionally blank, much like the guard frequency ones you got to get in and out of customs. Guard frequency so, wants to be like drug labs. All the cool kids are doing it, buddy. Yeah, it, this the, you're not. People aren't supposed to be able to track visually anyway, and without specialized equipment, what this thing's supposed to do. It's just not supposed to be obvious. Is there anything else in the truck we find? Uh, nothing of note. Maps. Are There's you guys telling all telling <laughs> me and Henry all of this? I told you guys we found some guys with drugs okay. and access cards. So my question is, we we find this truck. We know it's from the place that we're going. Is there nothing in this truck that's going to tell us where which building it came from? Can we see tracks leading from the truck to see where it, uh, what direction it came from, at least to tell what building it belongs to? Well, like I say, it wasn't a perfect line, but everything generally let's goes like say just southwest. Yeah. Is, the, the airport's off to the southwest. The medium blip is off to the southwest. The small blip is also off to the southwest-ish, and the terrain is such that you do see tire tracks and the indentions and impressions that it made when the truck rolled. But after a while, you're going to be following gullies and gulches and stuff like and that. There's no registration in want. the glove box <laughs> that says we belong to this no. address. Is the, is the vehicle no. computer have a map in it? Uh, that would have been you can you can that would have been sort of short, shorted out and broken in the in the in the uh, oh, collision and the crash shit. and and on emergency power that's the GPS is one of the first things to go so it's like a, like a hard drive I can pull or something yeah uh, sure yeah, the ship's got this crowbar right there right Let's you can you can pull a hard drive with your car with your crowbar there you want to borrow this all right Shiv you gonna you gonna hack the system <laughs> do it Shiv we're gonna roll me a repair all check right. uh, Shiv if you if you want to yeah. do it. What's Jim your repair ship? here and oh, crunch. Uh, oh wow! You you pry open the panel and you correctly identify what it would be the the navigational computer and you pull it. It's a nine plus four it. for the kids at home. Nine plus four is a good roll. So there it is. Uh, so you you pull you pull what what is the navigational computer and then you yank it out. Rad, do you think you can get get something off this back in your thing? I could try. Jerry, rig it up. See if I can boot it up. I'm gonna make you do two more. I'm gonna make you do two more rolls. One to disconnect your nav, your basic, your GPS system from your uh, machine, and then one to try to plug you this right. one in. What's your so repair? Give me, give me two more rolls. Okay. On a scale of one to four. I assumed he was asking. <laughs> I mean, what I was asking is, do you want to try that yourself, or do you want four. me to give it a crack? Because on a scale of one to five, I am, or one to ten, I have a five. So. I was just asking because I didn't know if he had like a two and it would be stupid for him to try to plug it into the ashtray on his SRV. Well, you know, I was you know, just asking because uh, I don't know these people very well. Ail's been so. working on a lot of electronics lately, fixing the dogs. So I bet he's got uh, fixing some more recent knowledge fixing here. Fixing cyber I'll dogs. Get... Sure. Red barges in your scare. <laughs> you stick this in your dad? <laughs> Probably. Ah, oh, good roll. Look what I found oh, on his truck. Wow, nice. Told you to give it to me. <laughs> okay. Yeah. So you you've you've pulled your own navigational computer out. Good job. I said I said I said I said up front it was going to be two rolls. So it's a very good job on your natural ten. You'll have no trouble reinstalling this thing once you. I won't make you roll to reinstall it. How about awesome. that? Awesome. Good job. All right. So now now try to now try to get the other now try to get the other one plugged in. Cool. Uh, uh, a roll of a five plus your five gets you a ten, which is not the baseline difficulty. That's the next 
typically the next line difficulty. So yes, that is a success uh, with that. And you're able to punch it in and uh, pull up the sort of the nav computer. As you do this, you are able to determine that the truck came from the medium-sized blip yes! that's uh, I'm a, a little bit closer. And not the small-sized one that's down to the further south. Awesome. All right, so can I fix my... Na- oh, ooh, we should check and see if there's anything else on this hard drive. I... The the truck the truck you also when you go farther back into the history uh, it has made uh, some runs to the spaceport. Cool. You see that it has made runs to the spaceport and the, the you know the the navigational coordinates correspond to that that further large point. So you you assume that it's been run into the airport. All right. So we know where we're going now. Let's do this thing. All right. So I'm fixing my so, nav computer and that's the end of my turn. I think. I okay. Did, did right. he tell us about the the spaceport travel? Yeah, so this uh, this build this definitely came from the medium building over there, and the other coordinates I'm reg- registering show the thing runs constantly to the spaceport. So they're shipping something out of the spaceport. This has got to be the place. I swear under my breath a little bit. That's yeah. not good. Just no, just that we know that that they're shipping a lot of it out. Yeah, that does suck. That that doesn't make me happy at all. I'm happy that we figured out where the th- the stuff is, but. Don't worry, it's not all gone. We have some if you want some. It's over there. They've got it. So. <laughs> I got a whole box of it in my I'll, car. I'll let you try it out. Okay, buddy. What's on your mind? We're all friendlies. So let's just be friendly. Some say he will never defecate alone and that he always uses the squatty potty. But all we know is he's called the shiv and he'll put together this week's feedback. Oh, and per the request of Jeff off the air, the views expressed in the Some Say segment are not those of Guard Frequency Management or its affiliates <laughs> and are solely the creative efforts of one guy who does the feedback. <laughs> but that sometimes gets edited by me, but didn't get edited this time. Uh, okay. Is that good enough, Jeff? Is that, is that what you're looking for? Yeah, that's what I was looking okay, for. All right, okay, I just, yeah, all right. You're welcome. You're, I thought it was appropriate. I all feel right. the need to mention that Squatty Potty is spelled S-Q-U-A-D. Uh, dash you y. have to. Well, <laughs> if we're going to put the disclaimer, we should also explain the joke. Okay. Because that's what makes it more funny. All right. Continuing on, a recap of last week's community question. What are you hoping to see from squadrons, mining, or exploration in Elite? And are you in the market for a Hercules? Sean Newboy writes in and says, Wonderful show, everyone. So far, none of the big ships sing to me. Maybe if they make a mobile repair dock. Ooh, that'd be cool. They have one of those. Yeah, and that's not the Orion. It's no, the no, no, uh, Orion's the mining ship. It's the yeah. Uh, it's the Seafarer. Uh, I, I no, I, I have it in my head, but I can't remember the name. I'll, I'll find it while you read the next one. Okay, and then we'll completely throw it out of loop and out of sync. It'll be great. Why not? And Seath Operations Officer Akrosi states, Commander Saluti face here. See, I told you it was a thing. Ultimately, the only thing I want out of squadrons are tools to better facilitate playing with other pilots, specifically you fine hosts and fellow listeners. The details we got this week are a great baseline for how the system's basic features will function, and I'm looking forward to hearing details on the other elements as well as changes based on our feedback. Having a couple more ranks, maybe five, squadron uniforms, and a coalition feature to link squadrons would be welcome changes, but much of that depends on unknown, yet-to-be-discussed information and technical limitations. Darn you, Sony and Microsoft, I want cross-platform play. 
teasers we got on the Elite stream about fleet characters are stellar, and I can't wait to dock at ours to buy some fancy floor wax storage upgrades. <laughs> uh, in a non-podcast note, I do want to briefly say that I'm saddened by some of the more aggressive feedback I read in the forum this week, or all this year. Posters seem to forget that focus feedback is intended to communicate the dev's initial vision so we can build it together. It's not a set-in-stone, unchanging list of what's coming. I'm not saying it's any of the Guard Freak community. I just want to share that I always try to be positive and constructive, and it depresses me to read others being so hurtful towards FD and other players. Sorry to end on a downer. Here, here. Then he says, great show as always, and let's get out there and take Anne Seath. Salute, So that's the downer? end on a downer. No, that's That's what he meant. He meant, I'm sorry, I'm going to give you a downer. It was a great show. And then... And Let's get right, out there and right, take yeah. it. He basically just described the internet. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, pretty much. And, and I do want to say that, that I, I I read normally I might I might have just edited that part out, but I did want to say that when I was going through the the forums as well, there were a lot of it's it, it seems like like Acrosi was saying people sort of missed the point of the focus feedback stuff. It's if you don't like a feature, they want to hear about it, but they also want to hear about why. Just that you don't not the, just that you don't like it. You know, they they're still in the design phase of this thing and whiteboarding it. They've got what they want whiteboarded out and are probably already started work on those things, but they're still in early enough stages where they can add and subtract. So being a jerk is not a great way to sell your idea, being detailed, giving pros and cons and and, and stating why you want something in or out is a much better strategy. And again, probably not directed towards this audience, but I like the idea of of uniforms. Will there be a way to make a squadron logo or anything yeah. like that? That was discussed, but I think that that's going to be one of those later on down the line things. Um, mostly because they're going to have they'd have to hire somebody to make sure that people don't paint um, um, missiles. Yeah, rocket ships with big fuel tanks. I'd be more worried about rocket them painting leaners with- on stuff. That's what I'd be worried about. <laughs> well, funny you should mention that because. <laughs> Because rockets built by Kin Shadow Rocket Service Limited um, sometimes tend to resemble other things. So um, we, we we have a specialty. It's a design style. <laughs> it's a, BMW it's a tra- does their thing. We do ours. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it, in in the legal world, it's called trade dress. Once you exactly. see it, you know it's his. You know that's oh, a yes. Kin Shadow rocket right there. That's a Kin Shadow it's rocket right there. You. <laughs> big and bold moving right along uh-huh. <laughs> so I want to really quick uh, Sean Newboy's Mobile Roots Paradox in Star Citizen that is called the Crucible and I feel ashamed for forgetting uh, the name of that ship yes Crucible okay so go go get $400 or melt some ships Sean Newboy Rooney writes and it says hi guys new listener here and fairly new to podcasts in general really big fan of the show and the variety offered to really feed into the space sim addiction Smiley, I'm a relatively new player to Elite, but I think Squadrons is both welcome and needed. The community interaction within the game seems challenging in its current state, and the proposed changes both in the mechanics and fleet carriers is going to bring new life to the game, both figuratively and literally. I think the only downside I can see is that Squadrons will bring a lot of people together, including griefers, who will be able to operate on a much larger scale. However, I think it will be a good thing to give people new agency in the game, as well as support more narratives and give players new goals beyond the minor factions and wing missions. Also, I'm a huge fan of Nuggets for Nuggets segment. Yay, Tony. Hey, don't you like GPR? It's like the best, man. <laughs> it's, like, it's like almost as good. I know the basics <laughs> of Elite, but this segment taught me a lot I didn't know and didn't think to ask about. So keep it coming. 
very fun to listen to you guys, and I'm looking forward to future episodes, as well as continuing to do missions for the minor faction to help the upcoming election. Well, thanks, Rudy, and welcome aboard. I'd like to address something he said in his feedback there. He was talking about, let me get to it here, I'm skimming through it. Uh, griefers and and them being able to operate on a larger scale once we have squadrons but I'm glad they did the changes to crime and punishment before they got into squadrons because they're I think they're trying to address that and that should uh, make a, an yeah. appreciable difference in the experience we'll have with people griefing in squadrons so yeah it should be cool Viridian yeah and I hope that that's why they're think trying to think about ways to use notoriety and hook that into the squadron somehow and like we discussed a few weeks ago the notoriety system has a ton of potential. And I, and I can only uh, reiterate my support for making that a thing in more ways. Uh, maybe change it from just being a cooldown or a timer hidden in the background to a gate or, uh, you know, a permission setting thing or whatever, or you know, like a squadron thing. Uh, so, so yeah, I, hopefully that the, the, their, the use of the notoriety will um, tamp down, dampen the ability of a large group of griefers to do more damage. Rex Gray writes, Great show, guys. I'm looking forward to seeing those red hats on the stream or Patreon store soon. Congrats on forcing uh, an election. You make pizza great again. <laughs> making Seath oh, great again. Oh, oh, but okay. it's making oh, Seath okay. great no. again. Uh, right, right. No, no pe- the pizza one. The pizza one's fine. Yeah. Make Ann Seath pizza great again. Make Ann Seath pizza great again. That's great. There you go. Congrats on forcing an election. Here's hoping that there'll be some new management at Wild Refinery by Monday. I'm hoping the timing is going to turn out just right. And we'll have a GFR squadron in Elite soon, led by Commander Vallis, right? What would be Vallis's rank there? She, she, she's, she's fictional. She's fictional. Uh, but you can do a voice for us, right? Uh, yeah, my, my nice deep baritone. Yeah. <laughs> we can do all the normal guild or corpse stuff that uh, are normal in other MMOs. I'd like to see a squadron storage facility most of all. Maybe even some discounts at stations that the squadron has allied status with. I'm thinking similar to how corpse standings and factions in EVE can boost your status with certain PvE factions. No, I will not be buying a Hercules. I'll wait till I can purchase it with in-game money. At this rate, they'll have a purchasable lifetime insurance for everything implemented in game 2. Just another six years till release. <laughs> I, I, yeah, there's, there's a couple of good things in there. I like, I, again, I like his ideas about getting discounts and stuff. Again, that maybe that's tied to notoriety too. I like, I like that idea. Uh, you know, if you're if you have zero notoriety and you're allied with a faction, you get discounts. If you have a one notoriety, maybe you lose it or it goes down. You know that that could be that, that could all be good stuff. And um, on the lifetime insurance thing, yeah, I'm going to get into it a little bit. I see that happening too. I really do see that as a purchasable thing later on. It'll be five bucks or ten bucks or something, and you can tag an LTI onto a ship. I really do. That would that would make actually like all of the people that are bitching about it. Or the ones that are bitching about it in terms of not having it, so I'm happier. Like, like uh, so happy. Like a new Fires video, he had a whole rant about how he should give, they should give LTI to everybody, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah, you know, if they want to have a fundraising campaign, they they really just could just sell uh, LTI. I mean, that, yeah. that would generate a few million. I honestly don't think they're hurting for money that bad. So I don't. Either. You know, they. I think they, well, I think the marketing department is is basically structured. Get as much money as you can out of these ships because we're making them anyway. Whatever, get as much money as you can. But I don't think it's like we got to get you know X dollars or we're going to sink. You know, like some people are, are, are harping on. I would not be surprised to see a lifetime insurance tag being sold because if you think about it, and just looking at the similar system in Elite, 
everybody has. I mean, the insurance comes with your ship. You just get it. And now, as a as a, as a founding member, if you ba- members, if you backed it in uh, in uh, the Kickstarter, yeah, that would early, be. Yeah, that'd be Jeff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Shut up. Um, uh, your insurance uh, premium, it, it doesn't. It's you don't pay any premiums. Nobody pays any premiums in the elite world. But your buyback is lower. So I have to pay 10% when my ship gets blown up. I have to pay 10% of the hull and module cost to reclaim the ship. Jeff has to pay five. Star, Star Citizen, is, it works the same way right now, where if you lose your ship, there's a buyback cost to accelerate right. it. If you wait long enough, then it's free. And my, my, my right. supposition is that in, in game, if you don't have LTI, it still counts down, but it never hits zero. And that the differential is, is noise to some people and important to others. Right, and I and I think that they'll buy, they'll let you buy a thing because technically we're all early release backers at this point. We're you know the game's not released yet, so everybody will have a chance to buy LTI. Elano Rabo writes in and says, "Good show. I don't really mind what features are in squads as long as they work better than Wings did when it launched, <laughs> as as it was super frustrating having a wingman desyncing from the group or simply chat not working correctly." Wings did suck when it very first came out, but they improved it relatively quickly. Uh, so yes, uh, let's let's fingers crossed hope for that. Um, but Wings did make a huge difference in the playability of the game, and I'm hoping that Squadrons kind of does the same thing. And I really do feel like they are they've already sort of ripped a page out of Star Trek Online's book because the the carrier seems feels a lot like a starbase to me. So I hope they go through and take that additional step of putting the the, the slap system in. We got to get that trending. Hashtag slap system. I don't know if you'd say carriers are STO inspired. I mean, maybe some of the features, but I think carriers are just kind of a natural progression of what they already have and what they what they've advertised and just kind of what people want anyway. Because people like putting yeah. ships inside ships. At least oh yeah yeah. At least uh, our yeah. citizen people like putting that. I'm sure all gamers like putting. I'm things sure all inside. games like yes yeah yeah no uh, well I was, I'm talking if it, and we'll, we'll I didn't want to cover it too much in the thing because they're saying they're going to get to it later, but. The design document and the hints they were giving on the um, live stream tended toward you buy a big thing, and then the the work of the squadron is to improve the thing, much like a starbase where you get your tier one starbase, and then everybody works together to get the duty officer guy in, and you got to get the bar built, and then you need uh, to open the windows, and then you got to do. I mean, everybody contributes these resources, and then of course the there's the make the thing move. Everybody's got to deliver fuel to the thing so you can do your hyper jumps. So it, it feels a lot like the Starbase star system. I vote we don't open the windows. It sounds like a bad idea in space. It might be. It could be. Maybe just like a small one at the front. Like, so you can see where we're going. Just like, oh no, look out for the thing! And the other thing! Okay. It's a bug screen up. <laughs> Tim writes in and says, while playing your RPG, you added the sound effect of squealing tires. This is not a good thing to hear if you're listening to the podcast on your commute and just happen to be going through an intersection. Let's just say you tested my heart. Great show. Keep up the good work. You know what pisses me off? When radio commercials use sirens. Mm -hmm. That's what gets me. Because it's like, big sale happening at Kmart or whatever. They goes, woo! I'm like, what? What? Yeah, so sorry about that. Didn't mean to, to test you. And really... Squealing tires, I, th- I, that kind of caught my ear too, but I wasn't going to tell him to take it out. I mean, there's no sound in space, and squealing happens happens on pavement. Well, we were right? on uh, a moon, and maybe the surface was, uh, you know, like uh, like asphalty kind of thing. 
You know what I mean? Mate, again, I wasn't gonna. I wasn't gonna like. I wasn't mad enough about it to tell him to take it out. It but it probably did seem makes a more off. sense if you speak the Queen's English. Perhaps so. Yes. Perhaps the squealing happens on British British ice. <laughs> Never <laughs> happened. Yes. It's a way of acknowledging, sir, sir, sir. You've 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 overtalked your wheels, sir. Please, please, please. Enough. Desist, please. Workall writes in and says, I listened to the uncut version. Your editor deserves 90% of the credit for the high-quality podcast you create. Well, of course they do. 90? 90? That's, that's high. Well, maybe not. Thanks, guys, whose names I've never paid attention to before, but will definitely notice next time. Great work. <laughs> <laughs> I look forward to helping all of you conquer your little pocket of the universe. I considered signing up with the hashtag MAGA. MAGA, yes, make Ann Seath great again. Make Ann Oh, Seath. nice. <laughs> but just couldn't do it even in jest. P.S. Good mining around Ann Seath. I'm working on my 500 tons and would like to help out once you win a station. And Shib replied uh, with a link that's in the show notes. Plenty of places. Yeah, one of the cool external websites, uh, uh, one of their features is you can find mineable bodies um, outside there, and it'll tell you what the percentages are on the planet, what you can expect to find, um, and and where the location is. So, yeah, we, there's there's the rings out there are depleted rings because, like I said in the lore, it's an older system. It's one of the one of the older systems that uh, have been around for a while, uh, and it's fallen upon hard times. But it was an older mining system, so that kind of balances that out. So, yeah, there's there's good spots to mine if you're into that. And the uh, the audio guys are Mikey and Lennon for future reference. Yes, yes. Uh, Mikey uh, is he's he does the primary stuff, and Lennon um, he makes people have heart attacks in intersections. That's that's his that's his primary job. He does it very well. He does it. He does it. Yeah. Well, I, I'm kind of sad because there's no new Patreon yet, <clears throat> yet again this week, and we so we have no random winner. Take it away, Tony. It's a shame. This week's community question. What do you think about the scope of the Squadrons update? Glorified social network or useful playtime management tool? And otherwise, how was the show? Are we hashtag blessed with hashtag squad goals, or did we hashtag fail in our hashtag one job? Either way, let us know. Drop an email, a tweet, or a comment on our show posts, which you can find on our website and over on our Facebook page. And that brings us to the end of episode 213 of Guard Frequency. We'll be back with episode 214 on May 22nd. 2018. So be sure to keep an ear out for our shows over at GuardFrequency.com. We'd like to thank the entire team at Guard Frequency and the Priority One Network. Thanks to our community manager, Justin Chivalry Bean Lowmaster, our artist, Ben Sanders, and of course, our audio engineers, the aforementioned Mikey and Lennon. Thanks to our syndication partner, The Bass, and special thanks to Ronald Jenkins for his permission to use his music in our show. Visit RonaldJenkins.com for more of his work. But above all, we especially want to thank you folks for tuning in. If no one's listening out there, the deep black gets pretty lonely. Reduce thrust. Tactic 330, Carol 15. Squawk gets a little positive press from its demo release via shacknews.com. You know, Shack News. <laughs> <laughs> okay, that cracked me up. <clears throat> okay.
But once issues surrounding gender, no. the new standard, the new standard mnemonic, the new standard mnemonic is usually the new standard mnemonic. The new standard mnemonic. Mnemonic. Yay, Tony.